Hello, welcome back to the Chris Yeh podcast. I am, as always, Chris Yeh. Welcome to another edition of our HBS Class of 2000 reunion podcast series. I'm joined, as always, by my partner in crime, Lindsay Mead. Hi. And today we have a very special guest, one of our classmates who is going to share a very personal experience. So uh, if you happen to have your kids in the car or something like that while you're listening, just know we're going to be diving into some serious emotional territory. I think it'll be inspiring and, and uplifting in the end, but it's something that I just want to give you guys a quick warning about. So our guest today, Sajil Shah Gulati, is again one of our classmates. And Sage, uh, what I'd love to do is just have you talk a little bit about the path that your life has taken to get you to this point, and then we'll dive into some of those other topics. Sure. Um, would you like me to talk about my professional journey first? Well, uh, what I'd love to hear is you know, maybe where you grew up, oh, uh, sure. what your professional journey has been, sure. and then we'll talk about how this pandemic has begun to affect your life. Oh, absolutely. So um, I was born in the very exotic location of Flushing, Queens. <laughs> um, the uh, it's it's not at it, Booth Memorial Hospital, which I think no longer exists, but is actually very near Elmhurst Hospital, which has been um, the focus of this pandemic. I then uh, the I'm the daughter of immigrants. My uh, father and mother immigrated from India in the late '60s, and I was born here in the '70s. And, uh, and when I was, um, before I started school, my parents sort of believed in the American dream and so moved to the suburbs and the suburbs that uh, Indian Americans and Asian Americans who immigrated to New York went to was either New Jersey or Long Island, and we ended up in Long Island. And I worked very hard to get rid of my accent, so I, I don't know if you guys <laughs> can detect a little bit of Long Island. But we moved uh, to Long Island and uh, I grew up in right outside of the city. Uh, for Long Islanders, I grew up on exit 36 off the LIE and, uh, and grew up in the same school district in the same house uh, from kindergarten till high school. Um, and then I, uh, I went to college. I went to, I stayed in the tri-state area. I went to Princeton, which I love with my heart and soul. Uh, and I worked um, after Princeton, I worked at MetLife, and then I went to HBS, and at HBS, in between my first and second year of school, I, uh, I tried consulting, and consulting didn't really like me back, so <laughs> I entered my second year uh, at HBS uh, thinking, well, what am I going to do? And, uh, and when I graduated, I went to American Express, for a very brief period of time. Um, I was at American Express on 9-11. And for those of you that know American Express, it was, is, and still is downtown. Um, and so we were relocated temporarily after September 11th. And during that relocation, I was lucky enough that someone from Time Inc. called me and um, recruited me to Money Magazine. And I went to do business development. So I went to Money Magazine 
really, I didn't know anything about media. Um, I went to get back into the city and, um, and not have to commute out to Stanford, which is where our relocated, uh, the Amex's relocated office was. But it turned out to be a fortuitous happenstance because I ended up <laughs> loving um, media. I went, uh, I went to Money Magazine and uh, Money Magazine got rid of their business development group. But I was lucky enough that I landed at uh, Real Simple where I spent a lot of time and where my career really took off. And I ended up running uh, partnerships and marketing for Real Simple and then running uh, marketing for InStyle Magazine. Life then intervened. I got married and my husband wanted to start a business. Um, he wanted to start a private equity firm that invested in India. And like any good investor, uh, he needed to live in the market. So in 2006, um, we moved to Bangalore, India. And I went without a job because Time Inc. didn't have an operation there. And I was I failed at finding a job. I, I networked and I met a lot of people at Bangalore, in Bangalore and um, I couldn't find a job for a variety of reasons. Um, so I started a company and the company that I started for all intents and purposes was an analytics back office for media companies because I knew that that's what Time Inc needed and Time Inc was a client and, um, and then I grew the company in 2011, in fall of 2011, Time Inc. bought the company and it became uh, Time Inc.'s India office. So it went from Taz Analytics to Time Inc. India. And then I stayed on and uh, grew and ran the company for an additional five years, at which point Time was spun off from Time Warner. And um, and I wanted to try something new. I had caught the bug of starting and building and growing a company and, uh, and that was no longer the task. Um, so I left and I joined our HBS 2000 classmate, Bobby Bose, who at that time was the CEO of a FinTech company called EasyTap. Um, and I joined as his CMO and I loved it. It was really, really fun. And during that time, my husband and I knew um, we wanted to come back to New York um, because we had been in India at that point for 10 years. And uh, I have two little girls, Mira and Aaliyah, and I wanted them to come back during a time that a, the education transition wouldn't be too arduous. And, um, and you know, um, sort of not lost on me, I wanted to spend time with my parents. My parents were getting older and um, I think what happens a lot of time with immigrants is they don't really like going back. So they wouldn't come visit us very often in India. And I'm very close to my parents and my sister and her kids. And there, my sister lives half a mile from my parents. And so I, you know, we realized that if we wanted to come back uh, for any period of time, this was the time. So we repatriated back in 2017 and um, I was lucky enough to land at American Express um, to do marketing for them in their commercial services group. And then um, I left American Express at the end of last year because I realized that I uh, am a small company entrepreneur at heart and, um, and started exploring that opportunity, which then I was in the middle of that when uh, we got hit by a global pandemic.
Yes. And I think that, you know, I'm not sure if everyone is aware, but obviously that global pandemic has affected your life very directly. Yes. Uh, yes. Maybe you can just talk about that a little bit first and then we can yes. dive in. Yes, I would be happy to. Um, so as I mentioned, we moved back um, so that I could spend time with my parents. And so my parents still live in my childhood um, home, which is where I'm recording this from. And, uh, and so when, uh, when thing when sort of the, it started to become clear that things were shutting down and, and actually my daughter's um, school had shut down March, I actually remember it was a week before their spring break. So March 12th, itch. Um, my daughters and I actually came out here to Long Island to spend time with my parents because, you know, all holidays were being canceled and things hadn't gotten really very serious at that point. Um, when we came Say, home, sorry, can I, do you live in the, in the city nor is that your home normally? Yes. 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 Okay. So we, live, we, live, we actually, um, Lindsay, thank you for asking. We had talk about a bunch of life events happening at the same time. We had just bought an apartment, um, uh, on the Upper East side. Uh, and so we had just moved in in October. So we live, we live okay. in the city. Um, okay. and so we, we came out, my, my daughters and I came out here, my husband, um, still runs his company. So he was actually at the time in Bangalore, was, he goes back and forth. Um, and, um, and my dad was fine. My mom and dad were fine. He had a little bit of a cough, but he was fine. Um, and then we went back into the city. Uh, it was still the girls spring break. And, um, and Wednesday, uh, uh, Wednesday, March, oh gosh, what was it? I think the 25th, uh, um, yeah, uh, I remember calling home and, and my mom would pick up the phone and my dad wasn't really um, talking and just a little background on my dad. My dad uh, was still working full time, um, plays golf. They had just gone to Florida in January. So my parents are very active. They travel quite a bit. They had gone to Israel four months ago. And so, um, and so my dad wouldn't take the phone and I, I didn't really think anything of it, but my mom's like, yeah, he's not feeling great, but we're not leaving the house and we're fine. Um, and so, but then on, and on Thursday, my sister called me and as I mentioned, my sister lives nearby. And she said, you know, I think, you know, dad's not feeling well, but we think it's okay. And, you know, we, it might be the flu. Um, and then on Friday, um, he had trouble breathing. And so Friday the 27th, my sister called me and said, look, we're taking him to the hospital, to the emergency room, um, because he's having trouble breathing. So he goes to the emergency room at North Shore Hospital um, here in Long Island, and um, he has to admit himself. And he's texting us, and it seems like things are fine. He's in uh, he he uh, tests positive for COVID-19. And then um, the Friday night, uh, Saturday morning around um, 3 a.m., uh, my sister calls me in the city, I'm in the city, and, uh, and says, look, you gotta come. The doctors um, uh, don't think um, he's gonna make it. So I take an Uber um, to uh, the hospital and uh, we go to the hospital and surprisingly, and, and I, didn't, I didn't sort of, wasn't thinking clearly, but in retrospect, it was very surprising. So they gave us masks and gloves and they let us see him and he was not well. And, um, and you know, 
ironically, I don't know if it's ironic or not, but um, you know, he had two months earlier, perfectly healthy. They had just gone on vacation, had gone over his will and his wishes with us, which um, is difficult, but I re recommend everyone should do with your loved ones. Um, and he was very, very clear that he said, look, I don't want to be, I don't want extraordinary measures. I want a high quality of life. Like he was very, very clear. So we had that in our mind when we went to see him and he was in a lot of pain. And, um, and the doctor said, well, we can put him on a ventilator, but it won't extend his life that long. His organs were starting to fail. Mm. And so, um, and so we said, no, we said, we don't want to have him have the pain of a ventilator. Um, we don't want, the, we don't want him to live a life that he didn't want. He made it very clear to us, which we said to the doctor. So she said, okay. Then we came home. Um, and, um, and this is where, you know, I, I, I don't, I'm not a religious person. Um, but I, I don't know what happened, but we get a call from the, the, the residents had changed shifts and we got a call from the resident that was on the shift. And she said to us, um, look, um, you, you can come, your mom can come to say goodbye. Cause we had told them about my mom and that they're actually are, were about to celebrate their 50th uh, wedding anniversary on the 31st of May. So, um, so she, so we drove my mom to the hospital and Nipa, my sister and I were literally waiting outside cause they didn't let us wait inside. It was raining. Um, and they let my mom go upstairs and, um, and this doctor, uh, I, I honestly, I, I like, don't even know. She's a resident. I mean, I, I, I like now in retrospect, like I could have been her mom. Like, I think she was like 24 <laughs> and, um, she, this doctor let my mom sit with my dad and hold his hand. And, um, and the doctor sat with them and the doctor asked my dad, um, about his kids. He said, I have two daughters. I have, um, these are my son-in-laws. These are, I have four grandchildren. Um, she asked him about his favorite food, about why he married my mom and, and just really, really engaged with him. And then she left and gave my mom and my dad some time. And, um, and you know, he passed away um, holding my mom's hand. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it was, it was, something else. And it was, it was, um, you know, it's, he was perfectly healthy. Um, you know, three weeks ago, we had celebrated his birthday uh, at a restaurant here in Long Island. He, we had actually had a plan um, trip to Turks and Caicos, the whole family. It was my whole family, my sister's whole family, and my parents who we were supposed to go. It's uh, Easter weekend. And, um, you know, the, the sort of aside from the tragedy um, which would, and the pain, which is deep, I have a tremendous amount of gratitude. Um, and the gratitude comes from the fact that I know there are a lot of people who didn't get this um, in this time or unable to see their loved ones. And this doctor um, risking her own sort of life and profession um, allowed my father to have such a dignified death and my mom to have closure 
um, it, I, 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 it's, I'm speechless in how grateful I am for that because I think not everyone gets that and, and I feel very lucky um, that he got that and that she got that closure because I think it would have been much more difficult for her and for us if, um, if she was unable to have that closure. And, um, and so, yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. This is, uh, I, I mean, I think we feel emotional just listening to the story and you can hear the power of the emotion in your voice. There's so many different questions. I mean, I th the, uh, the comment I'll just make is, it's so important for people out there to understand just how dangerous this disease is. Oh yeah. And that somebody like your father who is completely full of life, completely healthy. Yep. Uh, and again, not even seemingly that sick on a Wednesday. Yeah. Uh, could have such a rapid turn. Yeah. And is everyone should just be very, take every precaution and, uh, you know, value and, and, really celebrate the the relationships that you have uh, yeah life is so uncertain absolutely absolutely well talk about uh obviously this is a, a very emotional topic how is the family doing how are you doing so uh, so thank you um i'm uh you know it's funny um so it's so it, so then so it's, it was me my sister and my mom my husband was in the city with my kids and um, my sister, my brother-in-law and my niece and nephew were in their house. So we, the three of us then had to quarantine together for two weeks. And, um, in a, in a strange way, um, it was really very nourishing and, um, healing to, for it to be just the three of us mm -hmm. for, for that period of time, right? It was, you know, it's our husband's, are collectively incredibly caring, empathetic people. But I think um, it, it's a different emotion when it's your parent or your spouse. And, yes. and, and so um, it, was, it was really, really nice that it was the three of us. It was, you know, we had, um, so then, so the second part of this pandemic and this, deceit, this disease is, um, is, is sort of the breaking of mourning norms and or the changing of the norms for grieving and mourning, <clears throat> and um, and so we um, we we very quickly needed to get uh, a funeral home that did cremation because we're Hindu and so in Hinduism there's cremation and um, and we were we there's a funeral home in Ronkonkoma which is way out um, in Suffolk County. Um, that had that does a lot of multi-faith funerals and so uh, we were able to have um, my dad's funeral so my dad passed away on Saturday evening and we had his funeral on Monday at 11 and um, and it was amazing because no one was allowed to come to the funeral right so it was the three of us um, my father and his casket and then it was live streamed mm. And so, um, which was a surreal experience. Um, and, but again, there was something about, um, 
it was a shared humanity and, and, and without the pretext of being face to face, I think all of the things, um, you don't know what to say, you don't know how to act, go away when, when you don't need to do those things face to face. So it was a really, um, it was, it was special. And so we, we had his, uh, his funeral and then, you know, it was me, my mom and my sister for two weeks. Um, and you know my mom is um managing my mom is religious and i think i see as someone who's not religious but i i see in her the value of the anchor of religion um i also think grief people experience grief in lots of different ways and my mom really i think gets a lot out of talking to people so you know she has a large community here in Long Island because they've been here for so long. Um, and so people would call all day and she'd be on the phone or she'd talk to her sisters or people from India would call. And so for her sharing the story um, was really important to her. So that I think was important. And then she'd have um, her, uh, her friend would call in the evening and they would pray together and it was really very helpful for her to process through that my sister um is a is a is a assistant principal at a, a elementary school here in long island and is an acting principal because the principal just had a baby so my sister threw herself into her work um because as you can imagine, she's dealing with a lot in terms of the transition to digital with the school with the school district she works in. And uh, and for me, I've I've you know sort of I went a little bit into my own space, and I've been reading and um, and quite frankly dealing with the admin of death, which is enormous, the paperwork yeah. and, and all of that. Um, and I and I think I, I'm you know I'm reading the um, the book on grieving by um, Elizabeth Kubler. Is that right? Kubler-Ross, yes. Kubler-Ross, yeah. Yeah, and it's true. I mean, I, I, I was in shock. Um, and then you go into, you know, sort of denial, emotion. Like, I, so I, I go through sort of a hundred emotions in a day. And, um, and so I think I'm okay. I, I run every day in the morning and I find that to be incredibly therapeutic. Uh, rain or shine, um, if I get my run in, then I, I feel good. But, mm -hmm. uh, but it's, you know, it's up and down. It's uh, I'm here in Long Island because um, my mom doesn't want to stay alone. In the girls, understandable. Yeah, and the girls have um, my daughters have digital schools, so they can do it from here. And you know, it is nicer to be in a house than an apartment. So um, so we're here, but you know, we're we're working through it. It, it feels a little bit like the whole world is mourning with us. Um, you know, it's there's a great um, and I'm happy to send you the link. Uh, there was a daily episode last week on how grieving has changed people. And one of the things they talk about, um, they, they follow this minister whose wife had passed away in Canada. And they talk about how during this time, it, you know, the world has essentially stopped. And so it has allowed me to grieve a little bit more deeply um, because there's nothing else to do, right? There's no, no other um, distraction. 
Thank you so much for being willing to share that. I know uh, it's a story that you've been sharing with others to, to help them, but yeah. it is always still something that we're, we're really grateful for that you're willing to share it. Oh, thank you. So this is, again, a very unusual podcast because of the topic, uh, but we do have reminiscences. Let's think about some of those happy times as well. Sure. And Lindsay, why don't I turn it over to you? Yeah, I just, I want to very quickly say um, thank you for sharing that story. My father died unexpectedly two and a half years ago. It was totally not to make this about me, but very similar, working full-time, still traveling full-time, had gone for a run that morning. Yeah. And um, we were, when you describe the three of you being together for two weeks, and, I mean, I literally, hair on my arm stood up. It's just so powerful, that concept, because in some ways it felt like that's what we did, but obviously not to the extent that you did. And so... Yeah. Um, I'm just really grateful that you shared that story. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so it's a slightly awkward segue, but here we go. Hold on, I'll, I'll, do a quick, I'll do a quick segue, which is just, you know, one of the things that I think everyone who got to know Sage at the school understands is that she is this incredible ball of positive energy and positivity. And it's one of the reasons so many people love you and now it's one of the reasons why we feel like we can shift and, and think about some of those good times that we had together because this is who you are. Well, I, yes. I, I'm happy to answer and, and I'm, I'm, I can answer whatever you ask me. I'm a, I'm a little bit of an open book, so I'm happy to answer whatever you Well, want. good. So we'll start with, is there, what, tell us about a moment that you recall vividly from our two years on campus. Um, oh, so, um, so I have a couple. One in particular um, was in our section. So Francis, it was, we were Francis Fry's first class. I can't remember what, how many sections she taught, but she taught, she taught section F. And um, we were her very first class. And uh, I remember on the last day, um, we, uh, we knew that she had gotten into a committed relationship and um and we wanted to appreciate her so she used to wear uh oh, she always wore a blazer and so the entire class dressed up like francis um, and we gave her a standing ovation and a tiffany ring box for her partner wow. nice. yeah it was really nice it was really really nice that's great she, I have not met her, but I've heard such amazing things about her. She's, she lives in, I live in Cambridge still, and so people, she lives in Cambridge, and people talk about she's her. She's incredible. I, I think, incredible. Is that the person she's still committed, she's still married to or with? I, I don't know. I yeah, don't I mean, she I, has I, a family, and I, I know there's kids and the whole thing. I don't know. Oh, person, she probably but, is, yeah. I imagine. Yeah. She, yeah. I mean, she, she is such yeah. a talented professor. I mean, both brilliant but i think it, and the three of us know this you know it's okay to be brilliant it's really hard to be brilliant and also a very good professor yes. and um and she was both and and i and i have a very warm feeling from that so i remember that vividly oh that's great awesome well let's ask the second question these are some of these lighter questions hopefully gets us in that fun loving mood uh, what <laughs> What is the first concert that you attended that was your own choice? That wasn't something you were dragged to. Oh my goodness. Um, so it was Tears for Fears. And I went with my dad. 
And it was funny because it was me and my dad. I was 12 and I was, I mean, surprised to no one, the biggest nerd on the planet. I mean, I was so, so nerdy. Um, and I loved, loved, loved Tears for Fears. So my dad um, got tickets for, it was at Radio City Music Hall. I was in sixth grade and um, we went out to dinner beforehand. We went to like this super fancy Indian restaurant that was near Radio City that I can't remember the name of. I don't think it's there anymore. And then we went and I remember I was like screaming my head off and I was like standing uh, on the chair and my poor father was sitting next to me reading the newspaper during the entire concert. <laughs> <laughs> he really loved you so much. Yeah, yeah, oh that goodness. was like a real act of love. Like I was, it was like the I like loved loved Tears for Fears so much. Um, that was my first concert. Um, what has been the biggest surprise of life in the last twenty years for you since school? You know, the biggest surprise has been it never turns out how you think it's going to turn out. Um, you know, I think I. I had an image in my mind when I was in business school of how I thought my life would unfold. Um, and it didn't unfold in that way. And I'm quite delighted that it didn't unfold in that way. And I, and I, and I think um, I'm surprised at that. Um, I think I'm also su surprised at, um, you know, what, truly matters. I'm, I'm in a particularly introspective mood, as you can imagine. And I, um, I used to think that um, certain things really, really mattered. And it turns out the things that I thought mattered didn't matter. What really matters um, are relationships. You know, to me, I, um, community and relationships are really, really important to me. And, um, and it, it, it is the point of living. Uh, and I think I knew that before, but I don't think you really internalize that. And so uh, to me, it's an epiphany over the last, actually three years, even before the most recent incident, since we moved back to New York, um, is the importance of, of community and, uh, and how important community is and relationships. And, uh, and for me, uh, you know, the combination of everything that's happened, uh, relationships are like oxygen for me. And so that has been uh, a pleasant surprise. You, had, you mentioned it, so I can't help but ask, what would be different if your life had unfolded the way that you had thought it would? Oh, I, so I have to tell you, when I was in school, and I don't know why I thought this, I, I'm really, I, I'm admitting to my own ignorance. I have no idea why I thought this. I thought I was I, like, I'm not going to get married. I was just going to sort of concentrate on my career and live my life. And um, I didn't think I would have kids, like all of these things. And I, I feel like that would have been very sad for me. Like, I love my, I mean, they're a pain in the ass sometimes. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know what you're talking about. Mine are perfect. <laughs> I, um, I love them and I can't imagine life without them. And, and it feels so cliche, but they, they give my life depth and meaning. Um, you know, I, I love my husband, you know, our partnership is, is something that gives meaning and depth and, 
Um, and so I, that's the, you know, Chris, that, that is the biggest surprise is, um, is becoming a mother and my children made me a mother and how transformative that was. I did not expect that. That was a big surprise for me. Um, you know, I, it was a big, and, and, and it was hard. Um, when I had Mira, my older one, um, it was difficult for me. I had, I suffered from postpartum after she was born. And, um, and so I had, grew into becoming a mother and I'm quite fond of them now for the most part. Uh, but <laughs> I, um, I, I, you know, they're, they're like, I know both of you have kids, like, it's funny, like they become their own people, right? Who yeah. read books and you can talk to them about stuff and um, have opinions and, you know, uh, one of the things that I, I really um, has, has warmed my heart is my older daughter, uh, uh, because she's the oldest grandchild, was really close to both my parents. Um, and she's really been quite more so than me for a variety of reasons. Um, very, very nurturing to my mom and really very helpful. Like they watch Gilmore Girls together because they both like mm. Gilmore Girls and like it's, yeah it's really cute wonderful yeah. um and uh and it's nice and and it and you know it's it that so that's I did not expect that at all I mean if you said to me I'd be talking about my kids this way I'd be like oh my god Chris are you kidding me I'm not gonna have children <laughs> <laughs> well, we asked we recently asked our kids at, at dinner we asked is there anything that you would actually say you have enjoyed about the last six weeks. And I, I think it's a good family practice because all of us could come up with something, which is great. But my daughter said spending more time with my mom who oh, lives a mile from us. So yeah. I, I think oh. it's really special to see that. Yeah, so. now you gave me chills. No, I think, and, just <laughs> them, and I think just given everything, like one of the other reasons we're here is that um, it also gives my mom sort of a sense of purpose. I'm sort of a terrible yeah. cook as much as I try. Um, and she, you know, she enjoys taking care of them too. I mean, they're, they're like 12 and nine. So, but mm -hmm. taking care of them, um, so it, it's nice. And, and there's something, look, I, I, there's something about multi-generational family living. Um, yeah. That there's some value there. And I would have never yeah. said. Well, here's to pleasant surprises and learning things that surprise us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, so the next question is another one of those offbeat questions. What comic book superpower do you wish you had? Oh, what comic book superpower? Oh, you know, um, I'm a huge Harry Potter nerd. I wish I had the invisibility cloak. Mm. That is an excellent one. The question is, what would you do with it? Oh my God, I would go and, and this is now going to reveal <laughs> my lack of depth as a human. Is I would love to hear what people would say. Oh, wow. <laughs> I can assure you they would be good things. Oh, you're so but sweet. It probably <laughs> wouldn't be as interesting as you think. I, I will make one recommendation for you unless you already are listening to it. But if you love Harry Potter. I do. The, the Ringer put out a very long podcast that goes over all of the books and the movies. So there's hundreds of hours of content discussing oh, the books and the movies and, and uh, McGonagall's crippling potential gambling addiction, given oh her devotion to Quidditch. 
So I think yeah. you'll enjoy it very much. It's called Binge Mode Harry Potter. And there are hundreds of hours of content that are right up there's your alley. A, well, I was about to add, there's another one that I'm listening. I'm a huge Harry Potter fan too. And there's a, it's another podcast called Harry Potter and the Sacred Text. Where they read. I've, been I've been listening to that one. I'm, I'm, well, I'm only in season one because, you know, I don't listen to that many podcasts, especially now that I have other people with me 24 hours a day. But um, I, uh, I love it. So I, it's amazing. And it's, it, they, they're in Cambridge. Aren't they in Boston? Are they recording? Oh, you know, I don't know the answer to that. That guy, Casper, whatever his name is, the British guy, he's okay. been like on the internet for other stuff lately. And I'm like, wait, he's my podcast guy. Yeah, it's real. Yeah. They go through chapter yeah. by chapter. It's you know, so good. I think they are because aren't they at Harvard Divinity School? Maybe I, I think, think it would so. make sense. Yeah, I yeah, think yeah, so. yeah. I think so. Yeah. Anyway, it's another good one. Yeah. So uh, this is a very good segue, Sajel, to the next question, which is my favorite question of all these. What is your favorite book? And you could pick more than one if you have to. Oh, that's so hard. So reading <laughs> has been my bomb. Um, I. Uh, reading his, I, I love, love, love reading. So, um, so I do have to say, um, the, the Harry Potter series has been transformative for me. And if I had to pick one, which is really, really hard in the series, I, I do love Deathly Hollows, um, mm -hmm. but, uh, but I love all of them in aggregate. So that, that has been, mm -hmm. um, has been, but I, you know, for me, um, I fell in love with reading and, um, and I still, I mean, I love Wuthering Heights and Jane Eyre, um, East of Eden. I most mm -hmm. recently um, read Dutch House, which I love, um, and mm -hmm. Project, uh, mm -hmm. really, really good. And um, Lindsay, you may know, a, a Princeton classmate wrote The Farm, which I also yeah. read, which is, yep. I loved. I thought it was wonderful. Joanne Ramos. Yeah, I, thought it was really I like that too. Yeah. Um, so I think the paperback just came out. Yes. So I, mm -hmm. um, I, I love, I love to read. I read everything. I read fiction, nonfiction. Um, I have, I always have like five extra books cause I'm always afraid I'm going to run out if I can. <laughs> and that feels like a, a death, uh, a fate worse than death. So I, yeah. um, I love it. I love to read. That's great. One of the th many things that has changed about me that I think is permanent due to this is that I now read ebooks. And it was because I'm a library user and I had like eight books that I ran through them. And so now I'm just taking books out of the library and reading on my iPad, which I would have told you three months ago, I would never, ever, ever do. And it turns out I really like it. So, so. so Lindsay, I have to ask you a question. So I, I follow yes. you, I, to, I, re I read your blog and I follow you on Instagram. And I'm very impressed that you get library books as quickly as you do, like when they first come out. So and that only, only you're only impressed because you don't know that I've been waiting for them for nine months. Okay. So like as soon as I, you can put, yes, every, I, I get this a lot actually. People are like, what kind of pull do you have at the library that you have the Margaret Atwood book? So I, I, you can put books on hold before they arrive. Okay, because so I, I often hear there's no coming and I, yeah, no, no. In fact, I'm waiting for, um, uh, the new book by the woman who, Station Eleven, uh, yes. the new book by her, and I, it the, it just told me it's going to be more than six months wait. So I'm just like a regular person that I don't, <laughs> that I can't plan ahead. Chris, but that's anyway. how nerdy I am. I'm jealous of Lindsay's access to her library. <laughs> you wouldn't actually, it's hilarious how many people have said that to me. I, I actually love it. I love, I live in Cambridge still, and they recently, maybe 10 years ago, built this massive, gorgeous new library that houses all these actual books. And while I recognize that 
Maybe I'm like jumping up and down for the railroad. I love living in a town that still invests money in that. And I love no, going no. to the library. I love that too. I love that too. I love it. I, so. uh, before everything shut down, um, I finally found our local New York public library, like the branch that was near our apartment. And, mm-hmm. um, and it was like Nirvana. So <laughs> that's great. Well, if you guys ever come out to visit, I will be sure to take you to the Palo Alto Public Libraries, where they do a fantastic <laughs> job. It is actually, ironically enough, one of the places where in previous days, the, the long, long ago times, I would write my books in the library because if you want to go someplace where it's going to be quiet and people aren't going to bother you, a library is actually the best choice. If you go yeah. to a coffee shop, yeah. people you know will stop by and there goes your writing session. That's yep. indeed true. So let's ask, uh, we only have a couple more questions because I know we need to make sure we finish on time. This next question is, can you name a person living or dead that you admire and why? So yes, and I'm going to get political, but, but whatever. Um, okay. <laughs> That's so, fine. So you're not the first. Yeah. So I have to tell you, I do admire Hillary Clinton. Um, and the reason I admire her is that I think she's been through a lot um, and has handled it all with such grace. Um, she's really, really smart and resilient. Um, and, and, you know, she is someone who I admire. I'll jump right in and tell you I admire her too. Okay. <laughs> a lot. I yeah. just saw a headline that she endorsed uh, Joe. Yeah. 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 She's doing it three o'clock at his town hall. Oh, okay. I'm good. Okay. Uh, we are very apolitical at this podcast, but I am happy to say I'm glad you didn't say that you were going to list Donald Trump as the first. <laughs> so if I said that, then you should send. That means I've been kidnapped. And, yeah. <laughs> that, uh, <laughs> and you should send the police force for me. Yeah. That'll be our code word. It's the safe word. She <laughs> exactly. Says, I love Donald Trump. Oh my God, quick, send the Marines. <laughs> exactly. That would be good. <laughs> um, okay. And so last question. Um, and again, we start, we came up with these questions before COVID really uh, lowered the screen. So this question feels very poignant to me now, every time I ask it now. I don't know if you feel like that, Chris. Um, I do. What is the one place in the world that you haven't been that you most want to go? Yeah. Um, Kenya. Kenya. So, so I, it's funny um, because we lived in India for 10 years, Mm -hmm. um, my family and I were able to travel throughout Asia, um, Thailand, Sri Lanka. And so I feel, I mean, I go there a hundred times over. I feel like, but I feel like we've done Asia. We've done a lot of Asia. Um, but I, I went to Senegal, um, two Februarys ago and, um, and sort of, you know, I, I always knew Africa was complex and, um, and just, you know, complex, like South Africa, Southern Africa is very different from North Africa was very different from East and West. And, um, and I'm, I'm in love with the continent from books that I've read. And so I'd mm-hmm. like, uh, I'd like to do Africa. I would start with Kenya. Um, I'd love to do Rwanda, um, South Africa, um, Ghana. That's great. I've actually been to Kenya, Tanzania, and South Africa. I can say they're oh. as amazing as I thought. Oh, 
so jealous. Yeah, but I, just, I've you, never been to India, so yeah, oh, maybe grass is greener. <laughs> well, and you, you should go when all of this, and I'll help you plan your trip. Chris went, and I was very sad that I wasn't there when he went, but it, but I, I can help you plan your trip when this, when all this lifts. When did you go? Did you go with your family, Chris? No, so I actually went on a professional trip basically a sort of last plane out of Saigon style. Yes. The trip lasted from February 2nd to February 12th. And Isn't I visited Dubai. Oh, wait, sorry, this year? Yeah. Oh, this year. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's totally last plane out of Saigon. Wow. So I visited Dubai, Bangalore, Delhi, and Mumbai. And, and you went to Agra? You went to Agra. And I went to Agra and visited the Taj Mahal. Yeah. So it was a fantastic experience, and I'll send you a link to my blog post, which includes all the photographs of me going around in India as well. It was a remarkable experience, and you should definitely do it. I was going to say, my husband's a uh, software banker, and so he, for years, went to Bangalore all the time, actually. Oh. Um, and the, everybody used to always say, are you going to go with him? Are you going to go with him? And I was like, well, you know, I don't really want to go to Bangalore for like three days. I mean, yeah. I go yeah. to India and actually see it. So Yeah. But anyway. Um, it's a, he says it's a remarkable place. Yes, and I do agree that if you can get a chance to go for about a week or two, which yeah. is how long I went for, that's definitely superior. Uh, it is interesting also, again, India is a very large place, and just seeing the differences oh, yeah. between the cities and the regions is also a big deal for me. And I'll, again, I'll send you a link to the blog post I wrote all about it. Yeah, I, I had that. It's, it's, I was a much, I, we went to Africa the summer before I started, we started at HBS. And I, it's, I kept on forgetting, I mean, it's embarrassing to admit this now, but I kept on forgetting that it's a huge continent made up of lots of different countries, right? Yeah. And it's just yeah. very, like, I, I'm sure it's not the same thing as India, but it's, I think that dimension is probably quite similar. I mean, you get on a plane and you're still in Africa, but you're in a totally different country. And it looks yes. different and people speak a different language. And it's, so that's kind of remarkable. Yeah. Mm. Wonderful. Well, Sage, thank you so much. I can't oh, express enough you. gratitude. You guys are amazing and you're a great pair. This is really, really fun. So thank you. I'm, I'm honored that um, we were able to have this conversation. Thank you. Well, thank you uh, for joining us. Yes. And again, I would encourage you to talk to your other friends in the class, encourage them to come on. We want everyone's voice to be heard. Yeah, I will. I will. I, I have actually a suggestion that I will email both of you. Fantastic. Okay. Thank you so much. All right. Take care, guys. All and right. stay safe. Take care. You too. Thank you so much.